There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female. For you are one in Christ Jesus. Hello, friends. Welcome to yours, mine, and ours. Stories of faith and life. Stories are like windows to people's deepest self and inner life. Through our stories, we share who we are and what God has done and is doing in our lives. Thanks to our guest, we will have a fantastic opportunity of listening to funny, engaging, and profound stories of regular people, like you and me, in their journey with Jesus. Don't miss it out and join us! Hello, hello, friends. This is another episode of uh, Yours, Mine, and Ours, Stories of Faith and Life, our podcast, or the podcast of Springfield Heights Mennonite Church. My name is Jose Luis, and I am the pastor of discipleship here. And today I have a, a great, great guest, a very special man. His name is Rick Neufel. He is from Mennonite Church, Manitoba. Did you know that Rick was born in Swift? Current Saskatchewan. I thought he was a Manitoba, but no, he's a Saskatchewan. Oh, I don't know how. What would be the, the name for that? But anyway, um, he never been uh, or or lived out of Canada. His role uh, uh, has been a lot involved involvement in pastoral ministry. He studied theology some years ago. You have the privilege to have your mother still alive and be close to you. Um, you have two sisters and and, and brother. I think uh, one and one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. One sister, one brother. You are married. You have two boys at this, uh, I think, at this stage of life. Uh, they are adults, and you are a granddad, uh, that, which is which is great. Mm-hmm. So, and you like some sports, music, and gardening, and we will get into that later on. But Rick, welcome to yours, mine, and ours. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure and privilege to join you. It's so good to have you here with us. Thank you. Thank you for accepting uh, our invitation. Um, Rick, um, I know that yeah, you had to clear out your <laughs> clear uh, your your schedule and 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 making time for us. So I appreciate that, and mm. and I'm thankful for uh, your willingness to be connected to our local congregation. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, the first question is normally the same that I ask to everyone, but. What can you tell us about yourself? Who is Rick Newfield? Mm. Yeah, well, maybe uh, when I think of that uh, initially, I think about uh, well, I'm a, I'm upper middle age uh, a person who um, has uh, uh, who is a husband of, uh-huh. of 37 years, 37 years this Wednesday actually. Oh, really? So we'll celebrate an, our anniversary of 37 year 1984. We wow. were married. And uh, we have, as you said, two children. So I'm a father, and most recently a grandfather of three months ago. Oh, wow. So this is very new and exciting for me. Congratulations. Uh, so that's who I am as a person. And, uh, I, and, and as far as my role, I've been a pastor for almost all of my working life. Wow. Over 30 years, or about 33 years. Uh-huh. And uh, congregational ministry, and now more recently as director of leadership ministry in Mennonite Church, Manitoba. Awesome. Good. Good to know yeah. that. 
one of the things that I like to ask all our guests is about their family history. What can you tell us about your parents? Where uh, your parents came from? Mm-hmm. Well, um, my uh, uh, we both have Russian, um, and both parents have uh-huh. Russian uh, background, okay. uh, ancestry. Uh, my mom actually was born in Canada. Okay. So her parents uh, immigrated to Canada from Russia in the 1870s. Oh, and they immigrated, one of the first waves. Yes. Okay. To, they immigrated to Manitoba right. around the Gretna region. Yeah. Hauptstadt, actually. Uh-huh. And uh, so that's where my mom was born and where she grew up. And so she's been, Canada has been her home right. for all of her life. My dad uh, was born in Russia uh-huh. and he came with his family in the early 1920s. And so they came in 1923. Okay. My dad was one year old. Uh-huh. And uh, so they came and ended up in Saskatchewan. Oh. And uh, in a, a farming community right. close to Saskatoon. Uh-huh. And uh, so that's where he was born, or that's where he was raised, rather, and grew up. And uh, so that's part of my Saskatchewan blood, uh, why I was <laughs> uh, perhaps born there, although there was some movement uh, uh-huh. before that as well. So, uh-huh. yeah. So that's my my parents, at least, uh, right? Uh, where they were born and where they where they came from. Amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. Where did you grow up? Actually, did you grow grow up in in in, in Swift Current or in other places in Saskatchewan? Yeah. So I was born in Swift Current, lived okay. there for my first eight years. Okay, and then moved to Saskatoon. All right. So also Saskatchewan, and lived yes. there for six. Uh-huh. So my first 14 years in Saskatchewan, and then moved to Manitoba. Oh, so wow. my dad was a pastor. Oh, right. And okay. so because of movements and changes, uh-huh. uh, we moved to Manitoba and to Steinbeck is where really? I took okay. my high school uh-huh. and grew up there. Um, kind of those formative years, uh-huh. teenage years, and uh, have stayed in Manitoba ever since. Wow. <laughs> Do you have any memory about uh, from Swift Current? Oh, yeah, for sure. As a child, uh-huh. um, my dad was pastor there of the Zion Mennonite Church. Okay. So my memories were really of the church. Okay. Because that was our life. Uh-huh. And we had people over to our place uh, often uh, for, you know, for visits or visitors. Right. Um, church was our life during uh-huh. the week, social life right. and spiritual life uh-huh. connections. So I really, uh, I mean, what I really remember is just having, is connecting with people. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, and always people were either at our house uh-huh. or we were going to church for some event or some service, some program of some sort. Nice. Mm-hmm. What about school? School, uh, yeah, early years, uh-huh. uh, kindergarten. Um, and maybe this is a bit of a funny story. Uh, in those years, kindergarten was not mandatory. Okay. So um, I didn't, I, I was a very active child. Uh-huh. And so one day I came home, and I don't know when this was, after maybe the first month of kindergarten. All and right. I said to my mom, I'm not going back. <laughs> I quit kindergarten because I don't like it. I want to uh, play outside. 
So (laughs) quite uh, interestingly enough, my mom let me stay home that day. Okay. But the next day had convinced me that maybe kindergarten was a better way to go. So ended up back and and all was good after that. In fact, I quite enjoyed it. And then I stayed uh, in um, uh, my elementary school years were in Swift Current Uh up until grade three. Uh, I eight years old and then took uh, from grade three to grade eight in Saskatoon okay. and then my high school years in Steinbeck. So yeah, all public school. That's so funny. You know what? Your story reminds me, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we are right now at MCM's office. This is uh, besides Canadian Mennonite University. And when I moved here 10 years ago, I was student at CMU. Mm. So we lived very close by here around this office and place. And I still remember my youngest daughter, she didn't have any understanding of English. So she used to say us when she was in kindergarten, I'm going to school, but I'm going to speak Spanish. (laughs) Only Spanish. No English at all. (laughs) We we were saying good luck with that. (laughs) But those are beautiful memories, right? Yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing those things. Um, One of the things that we value a lot, especially uh, Mennonites, and and coming from the outside world of Mennonites, let's let's put it that way. One of the things that I admire is this big family gatherings when you get together. Because I I I don't have that here, right? So uh, talking with a lot of friends here, even at university, we always admire that, and and we said, hey, we would like to have something like that. So family are really, or families here are really important, especially within the Mennonite community. What can you tell us about your family? Is there anything that you would like to highlight about your dad or mom? Yeah, um, well, certainly family was very important. Uh Um, We were, we were never really close with our extended family okay. because we of distance. Right. So um, part of my dad's family was in Saskatchewan. So those first years, as I was saying, when I grew up, I mean, there was some connecting time, but right. but church was busy, right? Sure. So I mean, it, it involved a lot of their time. Uh-huh. And, and so we, you know, didn't really see each other that uh-huh. often. And my mom's family was more Manitoba. And so oh. it, and that was a long trip. And often right. maybe once a year, uh, we would make those trips uh, to see cousins or aunts and uncles. Okay. And so it wasn't that often. Right. And the other thing is I was the youngest grandchild on my mom's side. Uh-huh. So my cousins were like my parents' age almost in really? many respects. Oh, wow. So it really made a kind of a disconnect for yeah. me because I yeah. wasn't really close to them that way. I was more close to their children. Which, Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a generation removed. Uh-huh. But um, but those were would have been my memories and connections, at least of that extended right. family. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we were we knew each other, we loved each other, but didn't really connect all that much just because hmm. of physical distance. Sure, absolutely. And I guess uh, in the past, um, just go, today going to Saskatchewan is 
pretty much simple and yeah. easy and fast. Yeah. But yeah. around those days must take uh, a lot of time, right? Yeah, four fifty years ago, it, that was a long trip, right? right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, you had to prepare and plan for it, and and uh, it was always usually in summertime when we would go because the weather was better traveling. So right. So those were yeah. That yeah. was uh, that's what I remember. You mentioned it that your dad was uh, a pastor. What, what was his name? My dad's name was Abe Newfelt. Abe. Yeah. And anything that you would say, you know what, uh, I admire or yeah. I, I take something from him yeah. and up to this day. Mm. Yeah, he was certainly um, a loved pastor. Uh-huh. So I, I would characterize him as a very benevolent yeah. pastor. So my dad had a real connection with with his parishioners, right. congregation. They loved him. Uh, I don't know if he was such a dynamic preacher mm-hmm. or those kinds of things, uh-huh. but his visits made a difference in people's lives. And he connected well there, whether it be in the hospital, Uh in their homes, in crisis times, um, they could depend on him. And so Uh I think that's what I really valued uh, about his life is that he was deeply loved Uh and he loved the people. Beautiful, beautiful. And what would you say was something that you like about your parents? What makes your family... The five of you, I think, yep. uh, something unique. Yeah. Maybe you have some jokes, internal jokes, <laughs> or you made some goofy stuff, or perhaps you have some traditions. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to put my finger on one thing or other that way. Uh, again, family was incredibly important, mm-hmm. like uh, for us as, as as siblings. And then when there were um, in-laws and grandchildren came uh-huh. on the scene, that was really important. And we, my sister, when we moved to Manitoba, my sister stayed in Saskatchewan. Oh, really? And they had an acreage. Okay. So um, the highlight for me and for us as family was to gather with one another a couple times a uh-huh. year at the acreage okay. because they had horses. Oh. And my brother-in-law was big into, these are heavy horses, right? That yeah. you drive yeah. with, you know, carriages or uh-huh. wagons behind. And so that was a huge treat to take the horses out, to go for long hikes uh, and uh, see the countryside and whatever. And whether it be 30 below or hot summer day, oh, wow. it was never a reason not to. <laughs> so those were highlights for us. And and um, and I think just as a family, we would, uh, it was always important. All of us were, were church uh-huh. uh, 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 people of faith. Right. And uh, so we worshiped together. Beautiful. And we would worship together as family. We loved to sing. Right. Uh, singing was an important part of yeah. who we are. Yeah. My mom, in fact, was a music teacher in oh, school. Oh, amazing. So that was important. Mm-hmm. And um, we would worship together, sing right. together, pray together. Right. And um, so ho- held each other in, um, in, in high regard but right. and also cared for one another. That sounds really, really awesome. I, I like that. Yeah. Well, um, and Rick grew up. <laughs> Rick went to university. Rick uh, uh, graduated from high school. Rick, Rick became a man. And at some point, uh, you met your wife. You mm. get you got married. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> when did you meet your wife? So yeah, we met uh, here at CNBC okay. at that time, or CMU now. Okay. Um, we uh, we came at the same time, although we did not know each other the first year. Oh. Uh, the second year, we were in a, a choir together. 
So it was a oh, smaller choir, yeah. an ensemble. Uh-huh. Uh, I think where there were about eight or ten of us in the group, and she was one. And so that's where we got to know each other, and we went on a tour. Okay. We went on a tour to Southern Ontario, and my wife is actually from Southern Ontario, so that was kind of going to her home uh, territory, right. and uh, that's where we got to know each other, probably more so about, hmm, maybe there <laughs> might be something here <laughs> we'd like to uh, check out and, and to explore a little bit more and discover. Tell me who made the first move. Oh, my. That's uh, a long time ago, say. <laughs> It's been recorded, so you better say it was you or I'm sure it was both ways. <laughs> Good for yeah. you. Nice. Yeah. You know what? We like to hear these stories yeah. because it reflects how similar we are in many mm. ways. Yeah. You know, some, sometimes I feel there are so many things that separate us, divide us, so many ideas. And, you know, we, we can get into that perhaps another time. But there are so many things as well that unite us, that mm-hmm. make us similar, mm-hmm. make us human. Yeah. Right? Definitely. And these kind of stories are so nice yep, regarding that. Mm-hmm. What's the name of your wife? Her name is Carol. Carol. Yeah. I couldn't yep. remember yep. that. Yeah. Um, what would you say, Rick, uh, are some of the gifts that Carol brings to your life? Yeah, well, she brings lots of things to my life, um, uh, lots of joy. Uh-huh. Uh, she is a credible, um, practical, down to earth person. And she has a lot of common sense. Uh-huh. So I'm a person that has maybe dreams uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> and high expectations of myself and where what we should do and where we should go uh-huh. as uh, as a couple. Right. And then she'll ask one question of practical purpose, <laughs> which brings me back to reality. So I think that's a gift, even though it's often very frustrating <laughs> for me as well. Um, and she is a gifted, gifted. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and a lot of strengths in the area of um, teaching. Uh-huh. So she is an incredible teacher. Right. She's now retired okay. after about 22 years, I think, of teaching, uh-huh. like in the public school system. But she would have been a, one of the model teachers um, that people would say, wow, uh, this is a person that has really right. strong gifts and something that we can learn or somebody that we can learn from. That's great. Yeah. Beautiful. So she brings those to our relationship and uh-huh. to our family, and she's a good planner. So um, I can do all the thinking and planning <laughs> ahead, but when it comes right down to it, she kind of puts her stamp on right. it in the end, and we know it will be good. <laughs> <laughs> and you together have um, two adult children mm-hmm. at this time. What would you say are some of the joys of having adult children, mm-hmm. or perhaps... I don't know if this would be the right way to say, but more kind of mature relationship mm-hmm. with your children. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a really interesting time for uh-huh. us. Uh, our children are 29 and 25. Okay. And so um, they have um, developed their own uh, vocations uh-huh. and uh, and carved their own future uh-huh. and with their own thoughts. Uh, we are very fortunate that they are, are both um, uh, attend church uh-huh. and love church and 
and serve God in nice. their own ways. Right. Um, so I think they bring perspectives, um, new perspectives for us that challenge us right. as parents uh-huh. and, and vice versa. Right. Because sure, there's sure. some things that they don't think about that uh-huh. we think about. Uh-huh. And so they like to talk about those things and have those conversations. Um, I, I think they help us to be grounded uh-huh. in a lot of ways in okay. what in, in, in how we experience the world, uh-huh. how we experience um, life in general, our community. They both live in Altona, where I live, uh-huh. and so we get to see them a fair bit, and, and they in, are heavily involved in the community, right. and we just think that that's so important and such a strength of theirs that they see this engagement with their community as being important. Oh, beautiful. Um, you know, I don't know where they got that. Uh-huh. I'm not sure from us as parents or not, <laughs> but somehow they've picked that up and said, hey, um, it's important to us that we invest right. our lives in this community right. and we want to do that well. So, I mean, we marvel and value uh-huh. that. And it's a good opportunity to talk about, hey, uh, you know, tell us about this. Sure. Tell us about that. And, and they're quite willing to do that. So. Oh, that's beautiful, Rick. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to ask you one more question about family, mm-hmm. perhaps. Uh, you just, uh, well, you mentioned it uh, earlier that uh, you became a granddad mm-hmm. uh, recently, three months ago. Three right? months, yeah. Wow. What are some of the changes you think the birth of your grandchild mm-hmm. has has made on you? What kind of impact, you know? <laughs> yeah, still pretty early yeah, yeah. in that phase of life. Uh, still figuring some of that out, of course. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, first and obviously is a tremendous amount of joy, yeah. right? Um, yeah. To have a, a person, uh, a new living being yes. come into your life. I didn't really think or could imagine of how um, quickly they can attach themselves uh-huh. to us as grandparents. Uh-huh. I thought, ah, they'll be okay and we'll just carry <laughs> on as usual. But but it was almost immediate how this person really, um, w- you know, tugged at our hearts yeah. and yeah. W- wove themselves into our life. Uh-huh. And uh, now we can't wait to see them oh. right? when, when, when we can. Uh-huh. Um, and I think just the joy also of seeing our our my son and yeah. his wife take the role of parents. Yeah. That has been a really incredible journey uh-huh. um, to see uh, how they parent right. and some of the new things that they are experiencing and the wonder and awe that they have with this child and, uh-huh. and asking questions about this <laughs> and that to us. And I think that's great, yeah. right? And experiencing that kind of a stage of life has been really good for us. Awesome. Well, again, Rick, congratulations. Mm, thank and you. Congratulations to the, of course, to the parents, right? Yeah. Um, and I love to hear that uh, there is that beautiful connection yeah. between uh, your grandchild and, and yeah. yourself. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for sharing uh, some of your story, family mm. stories, you know, and, and experiences. So we appreciate uh, and we actually getting to know more about you. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we are going to transition uh, into another set of questions that are more related to faith, church, or perhaps a little bit about your role here at uh, Mennonite Church Manitoba, MCM. How did you come to faith? How, uh, a son of a pastor, at some point of his life, 
chose the path of Jesus. Mm. I mean, as I said before, our life was the church mm-hmm. when I was a child and growing up, so that's all I knew, right? Right. And I saw it in my parents that church was important, following Jesus was uh-huh. important, having good, strong commitments and convictions in life was uh-huh. very important as they taught us, and our life was, um, you know, revolved around faith and, uh-huh. and, and the church. Uh, but it was probably for me that I really owned faith when I uh, was 18 years old. Uh-huh. And at that point, I was really, um, uh, like prior to that, I was really active uh-huh. and I loved sports. Okay. So sports was my life. I, all right. I did all kinds of sports, anything and everything, and excelled in them quite easily. Good. And um, that, I, you know, I think was kind of the, the gift that I was given, <laughs> right, by God. At 18, I was diagnosed as with a, a diabetes. Oh, okay. And it was uh, type 1 diabetes. Yeah. And um, which means that you're insulin dependent yes. and you take injections uh-huh. on a daily basis. Wow. So that was a devastating blow for me. I imagine that. And I wondered about what was God up to? Mm-hmm. Was this must be some mistake or some kind of joke? Yeah. Because the only person that I knew of who was diabetic was my uncle, my okay. mom's brother. Uh-huh. And he had both of his legs amputated. Oh my goodness. And so that's the picture I had. Yes. I, thought, I imagine How that. How can this be? How mm-hmm. can this, how do I understand this, right? What's God up to here? Right. And so it was at that point where I really had to ask some tough questions sure. about my faith, uh-huh. about God, about, you know, why things happen yes. uh, to people, why did this happen to me? Yeah. And it was at that point where the church that we were part of, Steinbeck Mennonite at uh-huh. that time, really um, gathered around me and our family and oh, offered okay. support and love and care. Beautiful. And I thought, if that's the way a church operates, uh-huh. and if that's what being a Christian means, then I certainly wanted to be a part of that. And so it wow. was at 18 where I chose to be baptized, uh-huh. chose to follow Christ, and chose to say, whatever will happen to me, and I don't know yeah. what this diabetes thing will be, yeah. but I was open to that and willing to accept it uh-huh. and to trust God. Right. So that was the turning point for uh-huh. me. And I can say throughout life that God has provided. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I don't feel disabled in any kind of way, uh-huh. uh, physically at least. Right. Yeah, I, there's always, um, you know, things that I have to think about sure. when I do activities and stuff. Uh, but I think that's become part of my life and maybe in a good way. Uh-huh. That way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Rick. I imagine that that was a process, especially when we wrestle with questions of faith and when something like, in your case, diabetes, um, shrink a little bit your life at early age. In that regard, what would you say, what are some of the people who have helped you uh, perhaps the most in your walk with Jesus, either in your early stage of faith or perhaps during your life? We had um, uh, youth sponsors when I was in uh, uh, youth, uh, teenage years in our church. Uh, It was a young couple at that time who took a real interest in me and and befriended me. Uh And and that was a huge 
piece of of um, of help and support uh-huh. in my life at that time, especially uh-huh. going through a tough period in my Absolutely. life. Absolutely, and they also had some difficulties too. But we could, there seemed to be a friendship there uh-huh. that connected us deeply. Right, and so that was like forty five years ago, and we're still good friends today. Awesome, um, even through all, even though our our paths have changed and Absolutely. our distance you uh-huh. know, have been between us, but we still keep up to date and see each other at least yearly. That's beautiful. Then there was another man in our church who was probably at that time, I was a teenager, he was about 94 or so, and he also took an interest in uh-huh. me. And and because I played a lot of sports, and uh-huh. in particular hockey, he would ask me at times, you know, well, what, you know, what, how was it going? And and do it, did, you know, we, we talk sports or, uh-huh. or NHL, uh-huh. or he'd ask me about, you know, what I, uh, my team and things. And I thought, wow, this is quite incredible. That a man of that age yes. also took an interest in me, right, right? or cared about yeah. me, yeah, 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 and and that was huge. And then I think in as I w- was in CM uh, CNBC, uh-huh. professors uh, had an influence in me, of yeah. course, and also the pastor mm-hmm. uh, where we were attending church. It was yeah. at Bethel Mennonite Church, okay, and we um, attended there, and we had a, a wonderful pastor uh, who helped me to kind of discern my calling uh-huh. and and the place of God in my life. And so I that was that was really important at that stage yeah. of life. And also good friends. Yes. Good friends that walked with us um, from CNBC. Right. Continue to be friends and kind of could also um, help us uh, sort things out and listen to us. Sure. And, and just have a lot of fun together. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they were also a big influence and, and continue even yeah. today. Thank you. Thank you for, for mm-hmm. sharing um, with us those, those things. We know that life is complicated sometimes. <laughs> we have seasons. Sometimes we are in the ups and sometimes in the downs of life. Whatever we lived, uh, we make an effort to stay connected to to God. Uh, in your case, uh, what are some of the practices that have, have helped you to nurture um, your faith? Yeah, that has been a very important uh, piece of my life too because... Um uh as as you say uh, there are seasons in our life that are become quite heavy yeah. or dark yeah. and so we need places where we can go yeah. to a uh, place to go or to to just be alone uh-huh. and to be still quiet uh-huh. uh, and listen and connect with god yes um for me that has been retreats Mm-hmm. So I've made it a practice that I also take personal retreats mm-hmm. uh, at least twice a year, okay. uh, sometimes alone, sometimes with others, mm-hmm. uh, depending. Uh, but that was that's been a really important piece for me. The other uh, thing more recently or within the last maybe 10 years or so is simply I enjoy walking. So I really find uh, I connect with God during that time with the creation around me, with my inner kind of feelings of where I'm at and how I'm doing and just kind of taking a bit of an account. Uh And, um, And it's also a time where I can kind of listen. Mm. Uh, listen for God uh, in my life. And so walking has become a real spiritual discipline uh-huh. uh, for me. And I do it every day. Uh, I try to at least even twice a day, uh-huh. um, 45 minutes at a time, wow. uh, walking either in town and right. down our streets, right. or if I can out in the country, mm-hmm. it allows me to experience 
kind of the quietness and the stillness and and to listen for God yes. in my life. Okay. Yes. Yeah. May I ask a question here? Because I feel sometimes we followers of Jesus are really good to talk, to say things to God in prayer and asking for things. Mm. But I'm curious about how it's been or how hard perhaps has been for you learning to listen to God. Yeah, that is uh, something I think we learn. Yes. Uh, we need to learn over time. time. Yeah. Um, because it isn't easy for no, us, no, as no. you say. Yeah. We, we want to fill ourselves with uh, and our time with with words uh-huh. or, or music or whatever yes. it is, right? And yes. that's all okay. Yeah. But I like, that's why walking for me is so important, uh-huh. because it is that stillness and that listening time. Um, it allows me to be quiet, and sometimes mm. it's only quiet, right? Yes. There's not anything that's going through my mind or that I hear God saying to me, but it allows me maybe to think about how am I responding to God? Yeah. How do I? How do I experiencing God today, or in this particular crisis or event? Uh-huh. Uh, where is God for me? And so maybe it helps me to connect closer to. God, right. rather than to wait for God in quietness to say, now, God, you have to speak to yeah. me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it allows me to prepare myself ab- about how will I respond to God, Absolutely. or how am I responding? Yeah. And that is, um, yeah, that that's incredibly powerful Yes, when when we can come to that point yes. and allow God uh, those moments of quietness mm. uh, to speak to us. In that way, yeah, I guess there is kind of a there is a some sort of re-energy station, yeah. perhaps, or some some yeah. some sort of presence that involves you and lifts you up. Definitely, right? Definitely. And as someone who uh, really enjoys um, uh, enjoys being by myself, right? Like that's where I get energy. Yes, um, that isn't hard for me. Uh-huh. to do. Sometimes it's much more difficult to experience that in a group setting yes. where I need to also remind myself of the importance of uh-huh. listening yeah. to others and listening to God yeah. in that respect too. Speaking about uh, nurturing your faith, what are your favorite stories of the Bible? Or perhaps you have one one only favorite, I don't know, but do you have any? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots, lots, of course. Uh, the Old Testament is filled with stories that yes. I remember as a child I would just marvel at, right? Uh-huh. And and uh, was captivated by, you know, story of Jonah and the whale and yes. what in all the world, uh, how can that be, right? Uh, yeah. Those kinds of stories. Story of Jacob and Esau, Joseph, oh, yeah. you know, the stories of the Israelites and wandering in the desert. Uh-huh. But probably more so uh, for me, I love the stories of of um, the parables of Jesus, yeah, and the stories of, of uh, healing accounts yes. okay. uh, uh, of Jesus. Uh-huh. I I love those, and even today, to be able to preach on those stories or some of those texts uh, is just such a, a treasure, such a treat. It's always something new. Very nice. There's always something new in it. Uh-huh. It's never old. Yes. Or repeated, uh-huh. right? But there always seems to be something new that yeah. comes out or that we can learn from. Yeah. So those would be some of the stories offhand. Uh, re- 
recently I just preached on the story uh, from Mark chapter 2 on the uh, the healing of Jesus of the um, paralytic yeah. man yeah. being lowered through the roof yeah. uh, by his friends. That's a beautiful story. And it's incredible, right, yeah. to hear and to just kind of uncover some of the uh, layers uh-huh. of that story of what was happening. And and Jesus simply says, get up, take your mat, yeah. for your, your faith has made you yeah. well. And here he came as for physical healing, and in, and and what he receives is spiritual healing, yeah. right? And yeah. it's incredible yeah. how some of those stories uh, are are for us uh-huh. in our life. You said earlier that uh, music was something important when you grew up and within your family as well, your extended family, your mom, dad, and perhaps your siblings. Uh, do you have any favorite hymn or song that is... Yeah, I enjoy them no? all. Uh, <laughs> lots. Um, uh, Voices Together is our new hymnal. Yes. And uh, that has been just so good. Uh, I, I'm not really a musician. I don't play piano. Uh, okay. I played trumpet a bit when I was growing up in my school years yeah. uh, that way, so it has some basic knowledge, uh, but um, we love singing uh, those some new songs. Yeah. Uh, we love some of the older songs uh-huh. that have become really important and treasured because of often connected to certain events right? yes. in our lives yes. where, oh, that piece of music was important to me. But the other, uh, the uh, more, uh, more than that is I love classical music. So when I... Nice. When I um, uh, spend time by myself yeah. or thinking or yeah. retreat, uh, yeah. I, I listen to classical music. That really, to me, is, um, is, um, is balm for the soul. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, it is therapeutic in that respect. So, lo- love it. Um, I'm going to jump a little bit here and, and, and make the connection to your uh, current role at MCM. You are Director of Leadership Ministry for how long now? Uh, six years. Six years. Wow. There have been many things that have changed because of the pandemic. Can you tell us a little bit how things have changed in your role <laughs> during the pandemic? How things looked like before and perhaps how they looked like today? Yeah. Yeah, well, most definitely what's changed is that a lot of my work is now virtual, uh-huh. whereas before it was uh, in person yeah. and uh, gathering. Uh, a lot of my work is is uh, supporting, encouraging, resourcing pastors, uh-huh. and we could do that in person. Right. Uh, and I love that, even, you know, one-on-one, let alone in groups. Right. And so that was um, what I really found most um, beneficial and rewarding in my, uh-huh. in my work. Uh, since pandemic, of course, we've gone to virtual virtual meetings uh-huh. and although that has worked fine and been a good um, a good thing I'm yeah. so grateful for yeah. that ability and and way we can do it it hasn't replaced the real being in person yes. and yes. so that has changed yeah. uh, in for me um, and and I Will we go back? Um, perhaps. I'm hoping yeah. that in person will will be the case, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, but maybe there's some things also that won't. And yes. that might be good too. So a lot of my role maybe change from um, f- that way also maybe evolve perhaps to more of a um, uh, facilitator of yeah. conversations, yeah. whether it be virtual or, you know, in, in other person, ways. Right. Um, uh, from kind of being... Um, you know, 
providing input to now facilitating input yeah. and maybe doing a little coaching mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather, yeah, um, we're, as opposed to, as I said, kind of being on the spot yeah. and being in person. Now you're a bit of more of an, at a distance yes, and can provide some help or, or links mm-hmm. or um, yeah, resourcing or, or yeah. you know, things that where people can find this. Right. So uh, that might be the way of the future and how, what we need to think think about yeah um and and maybe that's not all bad either (laughs) (laughs) well change happens without asking us permission (laughs) true enough absolutely all too well (laughs) um what would you say are some of the um your favorite parts of or aspects of your job yeah yeah. Well, I think I just mentioned it, and that was meeting pastors. Yes. Uh, pastoral ministry has been my life, uh-huh. and so I really enjoy that ministry. It's not always easy. Yeah. It's been really difficult, um, also in my own experience. Mm. Uh, so to be able to walk with pastors, mm. to listen to pastors, to hear about their questions or concerns or or um, yeah difficulties has is really been uh, you know something that I've enjoyed and and walk with pastors yeah um, yeah and um, so that has kind of been an important piece yeah. from, for me um, just thinking back to your question now I also have the opportunity to meet with colleagues across the country um, in my role nice. I connect with um, colleagues from BC all right. the way through Ontario and and beyond mm-hmm. and even globally uh, internationally as nice. well nice that's beautiful so okay. it really gives an, uh, a kind of a new perspective yeah. on church and, and leadership development yeah. rather than it's not only a locally or yes. even just Manitoba or MCM but it's a broader perspective and uh-huh. opens up all kinds of new opportunities uh-huh. to think and dream and develop yeah. and train yeah. and resource. Yeah. So those are some of the things that I really enjoy in my role. As you said, you have the opportunity to talk and have very important conversations with, with many pastors, not only here in Manitoba, but perhaps around the globe yeah. as well. In, in your perspective, how has the pandemic affected the life and work of pastors? Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely what I hear often is the connections being made. So uh, pastors, I think, have really struggled this past year Mm -hmm. with making connections pastoral care-wise and connections with their congregants Uh and their churches. How do you do pastoral ministry the way we're used to in a pandemic where now we're not able to be together, right? Right. Or to provide that kind of one-on-one counseling Uh or those things. So we've had to adapt. And and we've had to be creative, yeah. And we've had to kind of uh, dream uh, about what what kind of new ways uh, can we do church right. and pastoral ministry. Yeah. So I think that those are those have been really marked changes in the life of um, pastors. Yeah. Um, and of course, worship. And being um, worship is such a big part of of the church, yeah. right? And people gathering together. How do you now do worship in a pandemic? A lot of ways. Well, it's the same as before, but I think we've had to be much more cognizant and aware yes. of the needs of people on the screen. Are those yeah. people because we don't uh, see them in person? Yeah. Now we have to kind of think. Okay, um, is this meet this need of of this yes. uh, group of people, uh-huh. or what about seniors? 
leaders in our church? Yeah. Is this meeting a need there? Or what about our young people and our young families who are really experiencing stress yes. uh, through school or education, socially, uh-huh. all of those components? So I think it's really brought out a lot of um, need for resourcing for uh-huh. our pastors, uh-huh. as well as maybe some new ways yes. of connecting um, with people within our congregation. So, yeah. So those are some ways yeah. that I think of. And what would you say are some of the challenges related to, to COVID as well for the churches, how the churches are facing or adapting or thinking perhaps out of the box sometimes yeah. um, in order to provide the kind of service that churches provide to yeah. many people. Yeah, yeah, you bet. I think it's really challenging. Yeah. And it will, I think, yet show itself mm-hmm. uh, what some of those challenges will be in the next year or two as we yeah. kind of emerge out of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I think one of the strengths that the pandemic has provided churches is, is really on the aspect of engaging their communities. Yeah. Yeah. And and those who have been most vulnerable uh-huh. in the community, churches have really stepped up to say, um, "Oh, we need to we need to offer help, or yeah. we need to care for those around us, and and be good neighbors, yes. right?" Yes. Um, and so that I think will is still in the offing regarding how what will that look like when when we no longer have to think quite in those same terms, uh-huh. right? Will we still engage our community and our neighbors in the same way? Will we still want to help people and care for people uh-huh. and, and uh, treat people with respect? Yes. Um, will that continue or will we fall back uh-huh. uh, to some of the old ways and just kind of looking after ourselves? Yeah. And so I, I'm hoping that one of the challenges will be, one of the new opportunities will be how do we continue to engage our, our communities? Yes. Not only locally, uh, but beyond, yeah. globally as well. You know, I, I've heard uh, in several places and spaces, church-related, of course, about, oh, we want, we dream or we our hope is to come back to what we used to have. <laughs> uh, but this whole pandemic has shattered us in many ways. Um, in your view, how do you think the church, the way of doing church is going to change now in the future, let's say post-COVID? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to change everything. <laughs> um, there's no doubt about it. Uh-huh. If we think we're going to go back to the old, then we're sadly mistaken. Um, as much as we might think that we can uh-huh. or will, but I, th- I don't think that it's possible uh-huh. to go back. So I think that we will need to think about new ways of being the church, uh-huh. new ways of connecting yeah. with one another, yeah. connecting with our communities, um, uh, connecting how we do work. How we will do pastoral care, how we will, um, yeah, all kinds of things, a mission, right? Yes. Uh, In our lives, what that will look like. and, and just, yeah, kind of a, um, I think, uh, once again, I mean, it won't be, it's not clear yes. yet what that will be, True. but but I think there will be places where some of those um, challenges will be threatened is the right term, but I really pushed. Yes. Like, yeah, this is who we are, right? Uh-huh. It's really asking the questions about ourselves as who are we yes. as followers of Christ and what does it mean to follow Christ? Uh-huh. What does it mean then to be the church? Why do we exist? Yes. What is our purpose? Yeah. So those questions, I think, will come to the foreground for us. And, and I think it will hopefully lead us into some new 
places, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And and in wonderful, um, beautiful places. Yeah. The church that we've never thought we could do or, yes. or to be. Yeah. 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 Thank you. That's that's amazing. Uh, I, I agree with you, actually. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of hope for the church if uh-huh. we think, oh, uh, you know, because we can't go back, there's there's less hope for the church, or it's really going to be dismal. Yeah, I, I really th- I see a lot of optimism in the church and some new th- ideas and yes. thoughts and beings and questions and conversations mm-hmm. that I think can really help us. Yeah and move us forward. I think some of these challenges are just opportunities yeah. for new beginnings, for new ways of doing things, yeah. and just to explore our imagination and, and, and reflecting and, and believe that we have the Holy Spirit and, mm-hmm. and God will lead us to new Absolutely. pastures, to new ways, to new forms of doing church, yeah. and it's going to be okay. Yeah, it will be okay. Right? You're right. Speaking about hope and the future, um, Rick, what, what are your dreams for the church uh, after the pandemic? What, what, do you, what do, you, do you dream about, let's say more locally, our MCM churches? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I give that uh, a fair bit of thought and uh-huh. thinking, especially over the last year or so, <laughs> uh, you know, where will we be? Uh, what will yeah. be? Where will we find ourselves? Yes. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that church will look different, and I think our churches will look different too, uh-huh. um, even size-wise. Yeah. I think we will be smaller mm-hmm. in in size, mm-hmm. numbers-wise, uh, given that people may choose not to come back to church, or people will choose, hey, um, I like sitting at home, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can tune into a service or two or whatever, uh-huh. uh, that's good enough for me, right? But I really hope, my hope is that um, that we will, through the pandemic, have realized of the importance of connecting yes. with one another uh-huh. and that our faith matters yeah. to, to us. Yeah. Faith in yeah. the sense of what that means, what it means to follow Christ in our, in our world and in our communities with one another. Yes. And I'm really hoping that that will drive us forward to new opportunities, realizing that we are um, we are connected with one another in our uh, you know locally but also globally uh-huh. and that our church is not only the one that I attend on Sunday morning but our church is broader than that and larger than that and that we can form those kinds of relationships with one another yes. in really positive and and mutually transformative ways uh-huh. right where we can be in partnership with a ch- with other churches in the world and uh-huh. learn from them about what it means to follow Christ for them. How does that help us in yes. our situations, yeah. right? Yeah. I think there's much more, I'm hoping there'll be much more of a yearning and a desire to do that uh-huh. rather than just to look inwardly and think, well, as long as I'm going to church or as long as we're doing these things, right. that's good enough. Yeah. But I'm hoping that our faith will will prosper uh-huh. and lead us into new relationships and new ways of, of being. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Rick, we have a little bit of more time here, so I would like to ask uh, another set of questions that are completely different, not related to church and the future of dreams, but perhaps more related to yourself. So um, I know that you like some sports. What kind of sports did you did you use? Yeah, well, I played a lot of sports, almost anything. Really? Uh, as long as it involved running and uh -huh. or throwing a ball or, or swinging a club, I enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> hockey was a, f uh, a favorite of mine. Uh -huh. I l enjoy golf. I enjoy playing tennis. Awesome. I uh, love, um, uh, yeah, anything uh -huh. in that respect. Watching sports okay. uh, and also participating. I still golf, uh, so I do that a lot in my spare time. Well, I don't know if a lot, uh, uh -huh. time dictates a lot, <laughs> but I enjoy that with our boys and our family, and we're oh, all golf together, fantastic. so that's a really, uh, that's what I really love, sure. is the time that we can spend together that way. I love gardening. Um, uh -huh. We don't have a lot of space at our where we particularly live, yeah. uh, but I love um, just flowers and gardening that way. Uh, a little bit of gardening vegetables that we do uh -huh. and uh, enjoy that. I like being outside, um, enjoying the sunshine and the right. warm weather. Uh, and I enjoy walks, as I mentioned, uh, with our dog. Uh -huh. So uh, he is my exercise program. So uh, <laughs> he and I are inseparable when it comes to our, our walks together. So. Good for you. <laughs> and how do you protect your your plants with uh, from from the uh, bunnies and I don't know if you uh, have deer yeah. around yeah. your home. Our dog helps that. Okay. So, <laughs> he protects our yard <laughs> from wildlife that comes. So, yeah, that's, good, uh, good to know that. Uh, what are some of the one? Well, I think you mentioned uh, a couple of those, but do you have any any favorite things to do in summer? We like traveling. Okay. Um, yeah, we often traveled in summer. Uh, my, as I mentioned, my wife is from Ontario, right. and a lot of her family is still there. Nice. Uh, so some of her siblings. So we enjoy, uh, that was always important for us, sure. especially when our children were small too, uh -huh. uh, to go on the trips and uh, visit family. Uh, we have been across Canada uh -huh. um, from west to east, not north yet, so we have uh -huh. to do that yet. Uh, and we've enjoyed a lot of places in uh, states, uh -huh. and we've traveled a little bit outside of North America, okay. uh, me more so. Uh, so that we really enjoy, uh -huh. or I enjoy and hope that we can do more of that yes, um, in the coming years <laughs> and as we can travel, right? <laughs> yeah. Good, good. You grew up in a Mennonite. You are a Mennonite by, by blood, by birth, mm. and by faith. Yep. <laughs> right? True. Uh, one of the things I still admire a lot of Mennonites is the food. Oh, man, I love the food. So what would you say is your favorite mm. Mennonite food? Mm. If you have one favorite, may have, maybe mm. you have several. I don't oh, know. Well, for sure. But <laughs> Vrenica, farmer sausage, Monfat. So. <laughs> Vrenica is like pierogies or cottage cheese okay. um, wrapped in dough and, oh. and, de and deep fried or boiled. <laughs> Sounds so, good to me. It's wonderful. Uh, farmer sausage oh, really enjoy with yes. um, on a barbecue for yes. summer. And Shmonfat is like a cream gravy, kind of a rich uh, cream gravy over the Vrenica and even farmer sausage. It's a white one, right? It's a white. I think yeah. I've, I've ate that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, enjoy that a lot. Um, yeah, and some of the 
other things. I mean, the the soups, borscht, yes. and uh, love it, and um, uh, chicken noodle soup, homemade uh, chicken okay. noodle soup. So those kinds of things are also, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, are are bring out the the taste buds. Do, do you like to cook at home? I do a little bit. Okay. I'm not a great cook. Uh, my wife is much better at uh-huh. it than I am, but I do contribute. We both kind of participate <laughs> in the cooking of meals. Sure. She's the better baker. Oh. So I leave the baking to her, yeah. and we, and so uh, you know those kinds of uh, sweet things uh, we eat a little bit of. As I said, diabetes right. doesn't allow you to participate in all of those things, <laughs> or I've maybe just kind of disciplined myself that way. But uh, also enjoy, um, yeah, the baking and sweet things uh, too, to a certain extent. So. Do you have any favorite shirt at home? Shirt? Sure, like uh, doing stuff, like uh, cleaning or whatever, you know? Oh, that way, okay. Um, uh, yeah, I'm the vacuum person, okay. so I like <laughs> uh, do that on a weekly basis, uh-huh. and vacuum, and, um, and do the yard work kind of on a regular basis, too. Is there any, any least chore that you don't really... <laughs> oh, I don't like dusting. I don't like dusting furniture, so that to me I can't be bothered with. Yeah. And I and sometimes my wife will will say, "Well, don't you see the dust on there?" And uh, says, hmm, "No, I didn't take note of that." So sometimes it helps to get away with that. <laughs> She's much more perceptive. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we all have our favorite and, and, True and least favorite chores to do at True home, enough, yeah. but we all have to do it, and, and, and that's part of life, and that's. A beauty of course because we team up with our partners and right we can work it out exactly you bet. good <laughs> and my last question for Eurek is perhaps one well a little bit more serious but let, let's let's think about today who would you say is someone who inspired you mm. around these days besides yourself no <laughs> <laughs> Uh, pastors inspire me. Uh-huh. Um, I think the work that pastoral ministry does and is involved with is incredibly rich, rewarding, uh-huh. and inspiring. So I, I really, I'm serious when I say that. Right. Pastors are inspiring to me, and I enjoy. That's why I enjoy meeting with them so often and listening to them Absolutely. about things that are going on in their life uh-huh. and in their congregations and in their families. Yeah. Um, People that have really uh, inspired me are those who have um, making changes uh, for the better, uh, whether it be in their life or in our world or in our communities, whether it be simply, um, you know, uh, involved in a parade or uh-huh. a demonstration, perhaps, or people who have chosen a certain lifestyle right. because uh, for them, this has made a difference in the world, whether yes. it be creation care uh-huh. or environment. I think that really inspires me. Uh-huh. Um, people also who are just doing the regular things, uh-huh. right? Going to work, uh, participating, um, contributing to the church on yeah. a regular basis. Yeah. Simple things yes. we might think, but I think that are so also um, we need to take note of, yes. right? And and are inspiring for us. People who are faithful mm-hmm. um, in their life and in their relationship to God. Yeah. who are really making a difference on their families, yeah. right? Yeah. And to me, that really is, um, you know, um, it provides a lot of hope and, um, and inspires me. And my family. First Absolutely. and foremost, probably uh-huh. is our my wife. Uh-huh. Uh, most definitely, my children and mm-hmm. their families, and how they also um, um, are 
are making a difference where they are in their careers and in their relationships and in their uh, connections, uh, in their community and in their friendships. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that to me, I think, is, is inspiring <laughs> <laughs> and uplifting. Right. Yeah. Rick, it has been uh, such a pleasure for me to be with you today mm. and having this amazing conversation, uh, listening to you, to your stories, uh, faith, life, and, and, and your role here at MCM. Thank you. Thank mm. you for making making time for for this local congregation, mm. Springfield Heights. We appreciate your job. You have been such a great support to mm. us, to our congregation. I, I witnessed that so many times. Mm. So we are thankful for what you are doing. Mm. Thank you for accepting our invitation. Mm. And we hope that uh, our people uh, would feel a little bit closer mm. to our um, widespread Mennonite family here in Manitoba. Yeah. Yeah. Again, thank you so much, too, for the invite. And it's been wonderful to uh, have a conversation with you and uh, grateful for all that you're doing and your congregation, Springfield Heights. And God's blessing be with you and upon you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this has been another episode of Yours, Mine, and Our Stories of Faith and Life. And uh, we hope to hear from you. So if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments about this podcast, please don't hesitate to send me an email to joseluis at springfieldheights.ca. We hope to see you soon. Bye. Thank you God for calling me.